coming up on today's show, we now know the release date, specs, and pre-order info for the Xbox Series X and Xbox Series S. We got a new Hyrule Warriors announcement. The epic Apple fiasco is sadly still continuing. We've played Immortals, Phoenix Rising, and more. everybody, welcome to another episode of the What's Good Games podcast, your source for video game news, commentary, analysis, and funny stuff every Friday. I am not Andrea Renee, but I am Brittany Brombacher, alongside one beautiful, charming, alluring Christine Steimer. Oh, well, thank you. I know, I always got, I always got like, beef you up. You like gas me up. Oh, I, well, I mean, it's not gas, but it's true. You know what I mean? I don't even know if that makes sense. Um, ladies and gentlemen, it is another Steinbacher episode. Andrea is off taking some R&R, visiting her mamas in Arizona. Good for her. So in the meantime, Steimer and I are here to hold down the fort. We want to give a big shout out to September's Patreon producers, Chewy's Godson, Californicated, Justin Foshi, Punctified, Ferris Ate, Mohammed Mohammed, Marcus Brown, Alex Rogopoulos, and welcome to our Patreon community, Gautam Jayanthi. Big Dave Lizarad, hmm. Exxon, Megan Flan, Andrew Gonzalez, Simon Russell, and Link Look Listen. Hmm. Fair enough. And don't forget, you can be a part of the show by submitting questions at patreon.com slash what's good games. I call for them every Wednesday, and then I incorporate them into the show, and it's a great time. Simer, mm-hmm. would you like to read our podcast reviewers? Sure. Yeah, you can leave us a podcast review because it's really nice and it helps us out with the SEO and and with people just being kind to us on the internet and all that fun stuff. Um, So you could leave us a nice review like this one from Regina Falange 1 who says, also Falange, great. I love the Friends reference. Thank you. Um, Great podcast to listen to during a root canal. That's right. You read that correctly. Holy shit. Uh, sounds painful, but I'm glad that could our dumb little show can help brighten something like a root canal. I don't even know if I'd want to listen to our show during a root canal. I mean, what else are you going to do? You gotta, you're got to stuck in that chair. I feel like you listen to really soothing music, like Kiss from a Rose or something. Oh, yeah, sure. I've burned. Okay, I'll stop. <laughs> All right, we've got two other podcast reviewers, K67BHS and Frank7659. Wow, awesome. Thanks, friends. Appreciate it. You always have nice words for us, and we love them. And before we get into the news, I want to say this week's episode of What's Good Games is brought to you by The Boys Season 2, AT&T, 5G, and Samsung, Felix Gray, and MeUndies, but we'll tell you more about that later. So first up, Steimer, holy shit, a lot of Xbox news. I do want to make a little disclaimer that we know that the Ubisoft Forward happened on Thursday, but you know, we got lives, we got schedules to keep up, and we just weren't able to cover it this week. Yeah, it was going to be too hard, especially considering I have to come here to Andrea's house to record it, even though she's not here. Um, So, you know, scheduling wise this week, it just did not work out for us to record on Thursday, which we do sometimes do if there's an event like that. Yes, because everyone likes to hold their things on a Thursday. That's I know. (laughs) Nintendo, I'm looking at you specifically. (laughs) But anyway, we got a whole bunch of I have in the show notes sex box news. There is a lot. There's a lot of the X and a lot of the S. Which turns into sex. Ho-ho! Okay. So, I guess we'll just... Just need a vowel. So much here. 
Yeah. <laughs> we'll just start. I'll just read these stories and then we can just try to dissect it or go as we go. We'll see yeah. what happens. We won't overthink it. It'll be great. All right. So Xbox Series X and Xbox Series S price, release date, and pre-order info. And this all comes from IGN. Microsoft has confirmed the existence of the Xbox Series S and that it will retail at $299. It will also be the smallest Xbox ever, according to the company's tweet. Microsoft has also confirmed that Xbox Series X will retail at $499 USD and that both Xbox consoles will be released on November 10th and pre-orders will open on September 22nd. Get your wallets ready, everybody. So oh, if you guys okay. have seen, you should go look this up. Um it's on their Twitter. I'm sure it's anywhere if you just Google it. But the Xbox Series X is so interesting looking. It really does. People are making fun of it, obviously, as the internet is wont to do, um, by calling it a speaker. It does kind of look like a speaker. It does look like a speaker. But yeah. I don't really care. I'm like, whatever. First of all, I'm not going to get that edition anyway because I want the beefy boy. But mm-hmm. I think it's an interesting thing that they're even doing, that they're trying it. I'll be curious to see how well that version does versus the X. Yeah, it's going to be interesting because I feel like it's so well priced because the X at $4.99 is, you know, I think it probably could even gone for $6.99, but you know, I'm not the best with numbers in this. But $2.99 is so reasonably priced that it's so attractive. And we're going to talk about this in a second, but the all access better later. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it does. But for now, we're going to talk about the crazy tech shit that I don't quite understand. But Steimer, (laughs) you're a very smart, intelligent woman. So maybe you'll understand all of what I'm about to say. Maybe, but probably not. I mean, I'll understand some of it, but... Hold on, you're fine, but... All right. So Microsoft has provided the official specs for the Xbox Series... I love you. (laughs) Xbox Series S, and it's basically an Xbox Series X that renders at 1440p instead of 4K. The digital-only console targets the same performance and tech as its full-fat sibling, just rendered at a lower resolution. That means up to 120 frames per second gameplay and ray tracing. In a new Xbox Wire post, Microsoft explains that the CPU in the Series S is similar to the Series X. In the introduction video for the console, Director of Program Management for Xbox, Jason Ronald, said, Xbox Series S leverages the same 8-core Zen 2 CPU architecture as the Xbox Series X, running at 3.6 gigahertz. Importantly, the Series S also has identical I.O. performance to the Series X. That makes it important for developers to create games for Xbox without worrying about the two consoles. The games will just render at 1440p on the Series S instead of 4K. While the Series X only has 512 gigs of onboard storage, I think they meant S there. While the Series S only has 512 gigs of onboard storage compared to the Series X's larger one terabyte, it does support the Seagate storage expansion cards just like the Series S. X. X. <laughs> this is going to be one of those things where it's just oh like, Oh, my God. X. <laughs> um, and then going on, uh, the key difference between the Series S and Series X resolution, Microsoft says, through talking to our customers, we found that many of our fans prioritize frame rate over resolution, so we wanted to build a console that didn't require 4K TV. So while the X renders at S, Series S renders at 1440p, it still provides three times the graphical performance of the Xbox One. The Series Wait, what? Is it just written? Weird? I I think it's. Oh, the renders it still provides three times together. Yeah, I think it's. I think they messed up. Possibly. It's fine. TLDR. TLDR seri- Series S is fourteen forty p, but can still support up to two hundred. Uh, up to two hundred. Up to one hundred and twenty frames per second. Also, um, I just said something, and my Siri just went off. Oh she really? She just goes. I thought so. Fair enough. She Sorry. thought she was like, yeah, I thought that this but, article was 
they keep <laughs> they keep mixing up the X's and the S's in here. They do, and it's fine. Like it's, it's gonna happen. It's going to be confusing. I get that, but basically, S is obviously going to be slightly less powerful in terms of resolution. Right. But um, I also think I'm more worried about it because it is small. If you go look at the at the console itself, about heat. I do wonder mm. because all, and I only think about this because of the damn PlayStation that I have at Dude. my house that just whirs into overdrive the minute I try to play anything. So I am mildly concerned about that. I guess obviously we'll have to see when we get it. But Microsoft traditionally has also not been super great. <laughs> 360 at heatsink sort of things. But hopefully uh, this won't be like that. Yeah. But now here's the mega super juicy news. About Ooh. all access, which I think this is the most consumer-friendly thing Microsoft has ever done, and it's great. Take it away, Brittany. Okay, thanks, girl. I didn't know if you wanted to like pick it up, and I was going to give it to you in a golden box and be like, here's your golden box full of this news article. I digress. So this is from GameSpot. Xbox Series X and S join Xbox All Access. Here's what you need to know via GameSpot. I feel like I'm going to have like the weirdest... like thing going on with my tongue i feel like my tongue's going to be twisted into a pretzel by the time we're done reading all these articles x and s i can read this one if you want you've, oh no you've I, now, now i okay. now i have to take okay. it because now okay. it's a challenge i'm okay. just saying my tongue feels like it's real fat right now xbox all access will be available for both the xbox series x and series s this means you'll pay a monthly cost of over over 24 months instead of the entire price up front. Both console plans will come with an Xbox Game Pass Ultimate, which includes the Game Pass library on both Xbox One and PC, xCloud Game Streaming, Xbox Live Gold, and, announced today, an EA Play subscription. Xbox All Access costs $25 a month for the first 24 months, for 24 months for Xbox Series S, and $35 a month for 24 months for Xbox Series X. Considering Xbox All Access includes Game Pass Ultimate, you're actually saving money going this route. At $25 a month over two years for the Xbox Series S, you'll pay $600 total. Normally, the console costs $299, and two years of Game Pass Ultimate costs $360. That's a $59 savings timer. For yeah, the Xbox that's a whole Series game. That's a whole game. For the Xbox Series X, you'll pay $35 a month over two years. That's $840 total. The Series X costs $499. If you add on the Game Pass Ultimate cost, you're still saving $19. That's, you know, a meal. Also, Siri, why are you so insistent to be part of this conversation? I think it's all the S's and the X's I'm saying. She probably thinks I'm saying Siri. She's possessed. It's fine. She's our third member this week. Okay, so Microsoft <laughs> has already announced that if you're an all-access subscriber, you can upgrade to the Xbox Series X after you've reached 18 payments on your current contracts. And this will get you the Xbox Series X and a new Xbox all-access contract after trading your original Xbox One. It's available in 12 countries this holiday, and more countries will follow next year. You can sign up for Xbox all-access at Best Buy, GameStop, Target, Walmart, and the Microsoft Store. Yeah. Okay. So this is super cool. Number one, when I saw that they basically absorbed EA's uh, EA Play subscription, their fair version of Game Pass, I was like, oh, snap. Like, that is great. Because I think the one thing everyone kind of rags on Xbox for, and rightfully so, is the lack of, of games, the lack of things to really play and get excited about. But now, if you're talking about EA, which is obviously one of the largest third-party publishers out there, you have a much bigger breadth of console or much bigger breadth of content for mm -hmm. consumers to play. And when you're talking about like doing financing plans like this, that's so much easier for families. It's so much better for them, especially now in the times that we're living in. Mm -hmm. I like, I just think this is so great. I think 
that it's going to be really hard and I don't think they will. I think PlayStation will be really hard to match this. I don't think they will match this. Um, and so I think if you are maybe a family looking at this holiday, I know every all of the um, really hardcore quote-unquote gamers would definitely be like, but the games or whatever, like, Ugh, they won't have all of these things. But if you're a family and you're looking for something that will fit within your budget and you're looking for something that's really economical, like this is it there. Yeah, this is what it is, because you can pay something monthly. You get a whole bunch of games for free. And I honestly like I've worked in marketing before. A lot of people don't know the difference. Like I know that there's there's a really small, very informed group of gamers. And then there's everybody else who is just out there like playing what they have. And that's it. And they're happy. No, you're totally right. And you, t you talk about families, which is obviously a very valid um, example, but even people we forget who work in our in our industry that we love so much, yeah. a lot of them live in San Francisco where it's very, very expensive True. and you make a lot of money and you still can't afford to barely eat. So I've seen a lot of folks in our industry also being like, oh my God, I think I can actually make this work this year. And that's incredibly exciting. Of course it is. Um, also worth noting is GameStop is also looking at doing something like this as well. So this is from VentureBeat and it looks like they are offering, they're looking into offering some certain options because some documents got leaked to some certain people. So just as an aside, they're looking at incorporating some layaway. Mm -hmm. They're looking at installment plans with third-party processors like QuadPay and Klarna. And then they're looking at a rent-to-own process as well. Because I mean, hey, the world's fucked. Yeah. If you can help people get this into your, them, their houses, then cool. I mean, right, because otherwise they're just going to say, no, we're not going to, like, I can't buy that. I can't afford it right yeah. now. But if you offer something like a financing plan, then it becomes a little bit more palatable to be like, oh, well, I can probably budget in $25 a month or $35 a month when that means I have the console and all of the games that I would possibly need or want for at least the time being. Um, I just don't think you're going to get a better deal than that. Obviously, as, it, as one of those... Uh, more intense consumers I will be getting both but like that I'm obviously not in the position most people are in so that's right. a different different story for a different day so we have a lot of questions there's a lot to unpack here that I know we have barely even scratched the surface on but the first one we got is from Husbando Challenger <laughs> and their question is so with Xbox finally revealing everything do you think Sony will try or can even afford to undercut Microsoft or are the big three playing a different game now so it doesn't matter yeah i mean like the joke going around i'm seeing is sony will announce their like beefy non-digital edition for through what is it 449 or something like 50 dollars less than xbox to try to like get in get in there but uh I, I think sony can afford to do whatever they want i mean let's like be real sony i think is just like has this extreme momentum from this generation and i think when you pay for a PlayStation console, you know what you're going to, you know, you're going to get the value for your money there. Not to say you're not going to get value for your money with an Xbox console. Cause obviously like that we've seen Xbox over the years kind of ramp up their offering and build this incredible ecosystem. But when it comes to PlayStation, you know, for sure you're going to get those blockbuster AAA exclusives. And I think for that reason, people always will be able to justify the cost of it. I don't think they need to undercut Microsoft. I don't think they, I don't think they would anyway, even yeah. I like, I just think Sony in general, especially because they're coming off of such momentum from this generation. I mean, it could be a bit of hubris, but I just don't think that they would think they would need to do that. I mean, these are the folks that came out and said, get a second job <laughs> to, 
to buy our console. I mean, obviously, that was obviously that was a very long time ago. I but know, still, still, the fact forgot. that that even happened, um, I think, is very telling of the attitude of that company in a lot of ways. Obviously, company attitudes could shift, all of that fun stuff. But I, I also do think that they are the big three are all playing very different games. Nintendo has always kind of been off drumming its own drum, like having fun in the park. Um, Microsoft now has finally stopped trying to go so head to head and is now very focused on uh, consumer value propositions versus PlayStation, which is still very focused on the gaming experience purely. Like what it's a very artistic sort of mindset. Like what are the games we can have as under our studio portfolio that we think are really quality and that um, not, they don't always sell gangbusters, but they are always, there's always something unique about them and they add value to that ecosystem. Oh God, mm-hmm. this, stop vibrating. What? My phone oh. is, I don't know who's oh. calling me, but go away. <laughs> is it Siri? Is she like, Hey, Siri's I, like, Hey, the, the blonde one cut me off. I want to join in on this conversation. I have things to say, but no, Sam, I think you nailed it. I think Phil Spencer has been pretty transparent, especially recently about how they're not trying to compete directly with Sony anymore. It's not so much about selling the consoles, it's about building this big old ecosystem with all of their game pass and all their subscription stuff. And I mean, when the val- value is that incredible, it's like, okay. I see what you're doing. You're doing good there. I mean, they had to. I'm glad that they did because they they needed to. They were so much on the back foot that they they really needed a pivot. Um, And I do think that this pivot is really smart and can definitely help propel that that brand forward and make sure that they are in it for the long haul instead of, you know, eventually getting (laughs) edged out of the market. Exactly. Official Prime 6 from our Patreon asks, with EA Access joining Game Pass and making it even better value, do you think this forces PlayStation to up their ante in a monthly subscription service? They have PlayStation Plus now. Is it rebranded and highlighted, or do they stay their course? Steimer, what do you think? I don't think they need to change course until they need to change course, right? Exactly. They need to see how the initial numbers on their consoles do. I think it will be fine. They'll have... I mean, hopefully Ratchet will still be, you know, hopefully there, if there's no delays, they'll still have Ratchet and they'll have Spider-Man. I think that enough or that I do think that that's enough to get their consumers interested. I just do. And so I think unless we come, unless everything about this pandemic and whatever has just forced everybody's hand to only buying from Microsoft because they just can't afford to do anything else, um, I think PlayStation will be just fine. And I think... Um, they probably won't feel the need to, they don't, they're not going to feel the heat until it's actually at the house. Like, yeah, no, you're totally right. I think that's, that's exactly how I would have answered it too. It's interesting because I see Microsoft playing this really smart long-term game, right? Where we do know about the initiative and all those studio acquisitions. And I do think eventually those studios will pump out games that are going to be very desirable. The industry is going to twist their panties over them. Cause Oh my God, those games are so much fun. Arr, eventually it'll get there. Who knows? Yes, it just that, that's yeah. That it really is like you said, a long game. It's a long game, and so at that point, when Microsoft does start having those exclusives and those AAA gangbuster titles, then you have to look at Sony and be like, okay, Sony, yes, you have all like obviously God of War, Last of Us, Ratchet, et cetera, et cetera. Like those are never going to go away. Those will always sell consoles. But if you don't also offer that online infrastructure and that. I don't know what I'm trying to say. Like, if you don't offer those amazing deals and perks, at that point, I think, is when they might have to start looking at changing. And, I mean, I think they probably will start doing little changes here and there. But 
like you said, they'll just tell you to get a second job. First. It's really gonna. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> it's just gonna come down to their market share. If their market share starts to dip, that's when they would start to pivot. If they if it doesn't, then they're not gonna do anything. And then Parker Aiden also wants to know how much longer do you think we have to wait for Sony to release the details on their console? I mean. It'll have to be, it's got to be this month or next month. I know, isn't that just crazy? Like, because at some point it will just be out. Uh. Because here's the thing. I mean, we didn't really mention this in the, in the stories, but uh, Xbox technically did not announce this. This was leaked on Twitter beforehand. And I do think that they did a really cute way of handling the fact that it leaked um, with a a little meme before they were like, all right, fine. Let's just call it official. Here you go. Um, But so I think either, Sony will announce it or it will get announced for them, right? Like that, those are the only two things that they have. And I actually feel like it will probably just get announced for them unless they <laughs> see what happened to Microsoft and go, oh, maybe we move our thing up and like make sure it goes out before somebody can potentially grab this off um, some third party site and leak it. Isn't that the way of the internet? It's like, if you don't get your shit out ahead of time, someone's going to leak it for you. It's just, it's, you it's always, crazy. yeah, I saw somebody, I mean, obviously comments on the internet. <laughs> whatever but uh some people being like i'm sure they planned this leak or whatever i would just like to reiterate nobody ever wants their stuff to leak i mean there are certainly better ways of handling it than others i'd say microsoft has done a a good job but no marketing team has ever been like i've got a really great idea we're gonna (laughs) leak this thing and fuck up all of our plans and we're gonna have to pivot at 3 a.m that sounds like a really fun play who wants to stay up for that shift Yeah, I mean, you can speak to this more than I think any of us on the show can, but you know what goes into those marketing plans and how much money, time, and resources do. And plus, like they, the point of leaking this, I guess, would be to cause like a little hype moment, and then they come with the official reveal. But they could have just released a little trailer or something too at a more appropriate time. Just needed the tweet, right? Like the the tweet was gonna go viral on its own, regardless. With a yeah, with a small video that's just like rotating the the Xboxes and telling you with the price and all those fun plans. Um, so it didn't need that for sure but um, and no no one ever wants our plans leak yeah and now you have some games that are like okay we're actually moving our release date up to match with the release date of the Xbox Series X so for example Assassin's Creed Valhalla was originally going to release on November 17th but now it's coming November 10th also for Xbox One PS4 Stadia and PC it's also claiming to be a launch title for PS5 we don't have a date for that yet obviously but that's one game. Well, and then, then, hmm, suspicious. <laughs> no, who could say? It's before or after November 10th. <laughs> Girl, it's so funny. Put on my detective like- hat. <laughs> I might hire you for some private investigations. Oh, you're really, I'm your girl. You're, you're really good at this shit. Gears Tactics will also release on November 10th. Yakuza Like a Dragon is apparently also now releasing on November 10th. I haven't seen any official announcement, but there are articles out there saying that there was an official announcement, and I'll believe them because I want to. And then, Steimer, I know your memory when it comes to the podcast. Like, sometimes it ain't that good. And that's not a dig. It's it's just the it's way not, it is. Sometimes. It's always... <laughs> It's always, see, there you go. Do you remember when Rebecca Valentine was on this show and we were like, yo, Dirt 5 got a week-long delay and we didn't. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we were like, why did that happen? Who knows? Well, I've been kind of keeping tabs on it. And so on September 7th, it it received another delay to November 6th. And then today it received another delay to November 10th, making it an Xbox Series X launch game. Hilarious. (laughs) I just wish, I mean... not that they would have known, but I'm like, why wouldn't you just hold it until you knew 
whatever it's 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 kind of silly it's cute well the dirt saga has come to a close kind of i still am very fascinated for some reason with these weird delays but it happens so actually miss insider over here um do these publishers not know the release date of the console you think ubisoft didn't know or do you think it did and it just had that release date of even if even if they knew um Mm -hmm. it's not like they could them them pushing it to any date would uh, could unwillingly like unwillingly announce it for them so they wouldn't have been able to like you basically have to act like you don't know right so that makes sense so that's probably if like assassin's creed valhalla was like hey we're november 10th if yakuza was like hey we're november 10th Gears right Taxi, we're never 10th okay yeah. i understand right? yeah. okay you yeah, can't, yeah you can't just be like ta-da so you just put it at release date and then once they announce then you can shift your date if you need to you can just move it up yeah okay all right so i think we're in all agreement here that this is all pretty exciting stuff I think they handled this really well. I mean, like you said, despite the leaks, I think they 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 handled it masterfully. Really, whoever did their marketing, like, good job. Yes, their social media person nailed it. Yeah, and I think the pricing is right, especially with the S and the X and the all access stuff and EA Play coming. Granted, it's not EA Play Pro, which is the one that gets you all the games day and date, but it's still you get a bunch of games with their EA stuff. It's good stuff, Simer. Exciting yeah. times. Exciting times. Do you want to make a guess as to when now PlayStation 5 is going to answer? Just throw like throw a date out there. Uh, look we'll do it like Price is Right calendar. style. Um, yeah, I, I forget when they do their shows. Do they do them on Wednesdays or Thursdays? I don't remember. I feel like when it's always t- a Thursday. Um, <laughs> I feel like everything's a Thursday. Like Thursdays. Uh, let's just go with the 24th. <laughs> okay, I was going to say the 24th, but I'll play it a little risky. No, it has to be the 24th. I mean, it doesn't have to be anything. No, it has to. No, you're right. Because I think October first is a little too late. But I'll, I'll say I do think October. October I think October is late. I will. I do think that. Okay. Um, but it could be the seventeenth. Who knows? But I, honestly, I just like. Ooh. Okay. 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 So here's what we'll do. I'll say Thursday, September seventeenth. You'll say Thursday, September twenty fourth. Okay. Okay, we'll see what happens. And Watch, it's Price is Right rules. Just kidding. <laughs> so if we overbid, oh, I know, right? That would be really funny. Fuck you, Xbox. They're like, hey, here's our PlayStation announcement. Yeah, it's, it's it'll be just like that. Like, yeah, just for <laughs> no, that's it. That's I'll make marketing videos for you, everybody. Oh my god, I love it. All right, friends, we have more news to get into, but first, we want to tell you about our sponsors, The Boys Season Two and AT and T, five G, and Samsung. The Boys is an irreverent take on what happens when superheroes who are as popular as celebrities, as influential as politicians, and as revered as gods abuse their superpowers rather than use them for good. It's the powerless against the superpowerful as the boys embark on a heroic quest to expose the truth about the Seven and their formidable Vought backing. In a more intense, more desperate season two of The Boys, Butcher, Huey, and team reel from the losses in season one. On the run from the law, they struggle to fight back against the superheroes, as Vought, the company that manages the heroes, cashes in on the panic over the threat of supervillains, and a new hero, Stormfront, shakes up the company and challenges an already unstable Homelander. So the boys are trying to bring down the Seven because they've all been wronged by them in the past. That's a good reason. They are licking their wounds from last season and are now on the run. The boys are fueled by revenge and an emptiness that they're trying to fill, but it's going to take a lot more than that to bring down the most powerful superheroes on the planet. The boys are trying to expose Compound V in the ways that Vought and the Seven manipulate the public to stay in power. Homelander unleashed V to create super terrorists, which is really a selfish ploy for the public to look at 
to look to the seven as saviors that can keep the world safe from this threat. The stakes are even higher in the season for the boys and the seven as we get deeper into the characters. We find out which we find out what each of them is fighting for. We learn even more about the humanity of the soups, which is so unique for superhero stories. It's so refreshing to see their vulnerabilities instead of their weakness. That's a good thing. Human trait, man. So Sam, where heroes aren't born, they're made. That means something very different for the Seven and the boys. The Seven are grappling with the notion of Compound V and what it means in terms of the power and aura they possess. The boys were forced to become anti-heroes because of the atrocities committed by the Seven. They have taken on a greater quality because people have been sweeping the actions of the Seven and Vought for too long. We root for the underdog to take down the establishment and will stop at nothing to change the status quo. We can all relate to that sense of being powerless with the things that frustrate us the most. We look to our heroes and our leaders to stand up for us and create a better world, but far too often we feel ignored. Keep an eye out for a special episode of Death Battle featuring The Boys. And if you want to watch The Boys, you can go to Amazon.com slash The Boys to watch The Boys season out now. That's Amazon.com slash The Boys to watch The Boys season out now. And Stimer, we have another sponsor. So thank you to Samsung and AT&T for sponsoring this week's podcast. So Samsung's newest phone, the Galaxy Note 20 Ultra 5G, powered by AT&T 5G, is available now. AT&T 5G requires compatible plan and coverage not in all areas. So here are some of the new features that you can try out on this device. Cloud gaming will be available with the power of 5G. You can try out cloud gaming with the high-performance experiences brought to you via the newest Samsung devices powered by AT&T 5G. The Galaxy Note 20 Ultra 5G also has a 120Hz adaptive display that automatically adjusts the refresh rate according to the content you are viewing and an intelligent battery that optimizes for your gameplay. Between 5G support, Wi-Fi optimization, and the advanced processor, you get a smooth gaming experience with virtually no lag. Check out the S Pen and Samsung Notes to create your own works of art as well. I'm not saying you're going to be as good as I am at Microsoft Paint, but you know, you could give it a shot. So head over to att.com slash Galaxy Note 20 Ultra 5G. Again, that's att.com slash Galaxy Note 20 Ultra 5G to learn how you can get the Samsung Galaxy Note 20 5G for free or the Galaxy Note 20 5G Ultra for $299.99 for a limited time. Brittany, Yo. guess what? We got a special Chicken news butt. story. Well, oh. yes, that too. Uh, just for you. For me? For you. Nintendo just announced a Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild prequel for the Switch. This comes to us via Eurogamer. So Nintendo has announced Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity, a prequel to the Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. It's due out the 20th of November this year uh, on Nintendo Switch and is set 100 years before the Breath of the Wild. Witness the events of the Great Calamity firsthand and try to save Hyrule from destruction, reads the official blurb. Ooh, ooh God, you got me going. I right. know, right? Uh, the, the developer is Koei Tecmo, maker of 2014 hack and slash Hyrule Warriors. Producer Yosuke Hayashi said that while Age of Calamity retains the gameplay style of the Warrior series with, quote, exciting one versus thousand battles and a wide variety of playable characters, this will be the only game that lets you experience the world 100 years prior to the events of Breath of the Wild. Zelda development chief Eiji Onuma. Is that how you say that? Eiji uh, Onuma? Aonuma? 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 So I've, always, I've always sucked at his name. Despite studying Japanese, I always suck. Okay, that's why I was asking you. I was like, don't you're the one takes Japanese. So I don't don't know. feel bad. Describe, <laughs> described Age of Calamity as a combination of the well-detailed world of Breath of the Wild with Warriors gameplay. 
Therefore, he added, I believe this game will offer the experience of the great calamity battles that weren't fully shown in the original game. Of course, Nintendo is still working on Breath of the Wild 2. In the video below, Aonuma said that fans will have to wait a little bit longer before we can provide more updates. So don't hold your breath just yet. Okay, I guess I won't. Yeah, so this was another one of Nintendo's uh, tried and true stealth drops. <laughs> They've been doing a lot of those lately. They're just like, hey, we made a thing. <laughs> hey, we did a thing. Uh, I mean, I think they have had enough for a little direct, but like, it's fine. It's their choice. It's their company. I'm not running it. But yeah, uh, so this was... At first, I thought this was the sequel because it was before I saw that it was, you know, called Hyrule Warriors, Age of Calamity. That is the name, right? Hyrule Warriors. Yes. The Legend of Zelda, right? Uh, okay, yeah. Hyrule Warriors, Age of Calamity, a, a <laughs> yeah. prequel to The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. There we go. Uh, yeah, at first I thought it was the sequel and I was like, oh my God. And then I saw it was this thing. I'm like, oh, that's so cool. I did play Hyrule Warriors on the Wii U briefly. But summer, they had this really stupid thing where if you wanted to play it with someone, the person had to use the Wii U gamepad while the other oh. person used the TV. Do you remember the Wii U? Remember that remember colossal that, failure? That <laughs> That's not nice. Real? No, it's it's true. Yeah, it's not that great. was absolutely a failure. But obviously, yeah. Nintendo bounced back, so it's fine. It's fine, and I feel like it's fine to say, right? Like you yeah. are you yeah. are allowed to have failures in life. It's not a bad you thing. Are. Sometimes from your worst failures comes your greatest success. Like the Nintendo okay. Switch. Like the Nintendo Switch. There you go. Anyway, so I've played a little bit of this, and then I know it came to Switch, and then actually supported split screen, which is awesome. Uh, which is so. I think the main reason I'm mostly excited is because the fact that you do get to see what Hyrule was like a hundred years before. Breath of the Wild. So you get to see the four champions: Daruk, Rivali. Mifa and Urbosa. Urbosa, I think that's what it is. Anyhow, because as we all know, those lovely, lovely far champions don't uh, meet a great end. And so this might be a great way to see, uh, you know, some more about them and see what they were really like before, you know, shit hit the fan and Hyrule kind of went up into flames. Uh, It sounds like it's still only going to support local co-op, which is still kind of... I mean, it's Nintendo. I know. And I hate always giving them a pass, but it's like Nintendo's gonna Nintendo. Like it doesn't make. Why well, I don't, don't know, know why. how the internet works yet. They're they're giving it a shot, but it's like your grandpa. <laughs> you didn't quite know what to do with uh, it. They're still in like the age of dial-up, or maybe He's like even I made that. a Twitter. Is this good? <laughs> the kind of person who does try to do Google searches and like the Facebook search bar. Yes. You, yeah, yeah, like the status updates where it's like, how do I <laughs> blotty blah? How do I get this out of my butt? Yeah. And you're like, it's this great. is not Google search. <laughs> it's not Google search. So, I mean, this is exciting, obviously. It's fun. It's the release date is a little like, eh, because it's going to come right. Is it, wait, is it November 10th now? Oh, November 20th. November 20th. Okay, so, so just 10 days, you know, after Series X, after, you know, we got Yakuza, but the Series we have X Cyberpunk. doesn't have any new games. But I'm but it has Yakuza, oh, which I yes. guess technically isn't new. It's been out in Japan for some but time. But it's new to us. It is new to us. And, we'll, you know, Cyberpunk will be there. It's going to be fine. I'm going to make it work because, you know, it's, it's Zelda. Of course I have to make it work. I'm keeping my expectations in check because while I like to think this is going to be a super deep dive into the lore and story of Zelda Breath of the Wild before Zelda the Breath of the Wild, probably won't be that deep. But Prob- that's okay. I mean, yeah, I'm like, it's one versus thousands. <laughs> like, I mean, just like, <laughs> let, let's tell a story while there's a thousand people surrounding me right now. Yes. But I did think it was interesting. Uh, so Game Explain had a little fun video they put up. And if you look at some of the scenes in the reveal trailer, they are taken straight from Breath of the Wild. I mean, they're not obviously like 
plucked up because they had to do some little cosmetic changes to it. So if you are kind of in, I think it's like the courtyard or something, in Breath of the Wild, there's a bunch of pillars that are broken down. But if you look at the gameplay in Age of Calamity, they're intact and they're put together. You get to see King Hyrule, who actually has a really crazy name, King Rome Bosphoramus Hyrule. I guess guess this is actually I, t- I just learned that today. I was like, huh. See him talking to his troops. You get to see the, some of the towns getting attacked. So I think it'll be fun. Um, cool. Like, expectations in check. Not that I don't think Koei Tecmo is like, you know, they, they can nail it. But it's, you know, I don't know. I don't know, Steimer. Maybe I'm just being negative Nancy right now. I mean, Am it's I? okay. You're allowed to be. It's. I don't want it. I mean, it just might not be what you're looking for. But you'll give it a go because you always do. Yeah, yeah, you know you're right. I think that's kind of what it comes down to. I I would love to. I would love a prequel to Breath of the Wild. I think I would love a prequel more than a sequel, actually, but in the traditional sense. So I think when yeah. I first got this news, I was just like slightly bummed, and I'm like, "Bitch, don't be bummed. It's fine. Be fortunate. Feel fortunate that you're getting this game, despite. And you're also getting a sequel. So untwist your panties. It's fine. I mean, yeah. sure, but also like, you're allowed to not like things. <laughs> but you're like, no. we don't. But we don't know yet. So that's, we don't that's know. the only yeah. thing. But I would and say I go, if you gave it a shot and you were like, I don't like it, I think that's perfectly fine. Yeah, totally. I think it'll be a good time. Yeah. I'll report back in a couple months when we're drowning in video games. Yes, indeed. All right. But we've got more Switch news for you, baby girl. So we buckle do. in to your okay. gaming chair there. Let me take I you on a ride in. of Let's the go. long foretold Switch hardware upgrade rumor. Uh, the so there's more is. rumors swirling around and Nintendo is reportedly asking developers to get games, quote, 4K ready. This is also Ooh. from Eurogamer. <laughs> so buried in a new Bloomberg report on a 20% increase to the Nintendo Switch production sh- shipments is a tidbit that the company is now asking third-party developers to make their games 4K ready. It's the latest sign a more powerful Nintendo Switch variant is on the way, though not for this year. Exactly what 4K ready might mean. So it could mean full 4K support and to what level, or it's not really expanded upon, so we don't really know. Nintendo itself, of course, declined to comment on the report. <laughs> Talk of a more powerful Nintendo Switch mode is nothing new. So back in March of last year, the Wall Street Journal reported that there were two new Switch models in varying stages of production. Since that time, we've seen the unveiling and launch of the handheld-only Nintendo Switch Lite, while the higher-powered Switch has remained firmly behind the scenes. Despite whispers of its existence, or more likely because of them, Nintendo made it clear in January 2020 that it would not release a new Switch model throughout the rest of the current year. But 2021, though? With the hubbub surrounding the launch of the new PlayStation and Xbox consoles out of the way, and Nintendo's full Breath of the Wild sequel pegged for arrival, next year seems less like a less crowded time for Nintendo's long-awaited Switch upgrade to finally emerge. Okay. I mean, it's fun to talk about this because we've been talking about it, I feel like, forever now. Yes. Always what the update is. So I think at this point, I feel very confident that this is, well, there's smoke, there's fire, Steimer, and maybe that was too real of a analogy yeah, to use for right, right now. now. But that's Whoops. fine. Yeah. Uh, I think, obviously, this is happening. I think we have a question here, actually, who will touch on this. From Sarah. Rikari. Well, yellow. Yeah, I think well. you four are great. That's so nice. My question is about the 4K Switch and a Zelda Breath of the Wild 2. Since it likely isn't coming out soon, do you think they plan a Breath of the Wild 2 on a 4K Switch launch title? Do you think the game will be 4K compatible as well? I haven't caught the latest on Breath of the Wild 2, if there was any. So, yeah, I mean, the latest is, like, you have to be patient, which is, like, Nintendo's very polite way of saying, you gotta fucking wait. Like we're, Just you know, you wait, 
just you wait. There's probably been some significant delays with COVID, obviously. Totally understandable. So I don't think this game is coming out anytime soon. I know back in the day, back in the day, back in 2020, before the pandemic, the rumor and thought was... The two months we had? The two months we had, dude. The thought was that it could come out this holiday season, but at least we're getting Age of Calamity. So cool. Um, I think that would be an awesome move if we do get a 4K Switch model and then it does release with Breath of the Wild 2... Or I mean, alongside Breath of the Wild too. I think that'd be fantastic. Yeah, I'd be down. Yeah. I think that would also be great. I mean, I didn't ever finish Breath of the Wild. But if they, if Breath of the Wild two like stopped making the weapons breakdown, then I would be all for it. I just couldn't. Well, I couldn't handle that mechanic. I was like, that I'm out. I did yeah, play it for a no, while though. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. Breath of the Wild, fantastic game. Not my favorite Zelda game. I've been very public about that, so don't get mad at me. And if you're going to get mad at me, it's okay. It's fine. We're all a little upset right now. We need someone to take our aggression out on. But it's true. We, talked, we talked about this a couple weeks ago, Andrea and I did. And this is also the console where I think there, the rumors are rumors that there's going to be more interactivity with this console, with this little handheld. Okay, like, they need to be mean? careful on that front. <laughs> okay, like what's let's your not thought? go into Wii U territory, like we just <laughs> talked about, right? Um, I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know what in- more interactivity would possibly mean. Like, it's already a touch screen and stuff. Like, I don't. Know. I don't know what we need. Like a little hologram Mario, like a little pipe. Burp, burp, burp. He like instead pops of up. Siri, it's Mario. It's like hello. Oh no! Would you, you like to ask me a question? I'd be like, no, please <laughs> shut up, Mario. And then down he would go to the console. He'd be like, oh, okay, goodbye. <laughs> Poor Mario. Rip. I am a sad. <laughs> got to go save the princess again. Oh, God. We do, we do awful Mario impressions. Yeah, so well, you know, there. I'm not a professional voice We're not actor. Charles, okay? We can't, we can't be that good. <laughs> um, and uh, we hear some Apple and Epic. Just let's do it, Samuel. Let's talk about this, this shit show. So. So before we catch you up on the very latest, we should mention this story that broke on. Well, that really broke. It was a story that happened on September 5th. So on September 5th, Epic Games filed a preliminary injunction against Apple that would force it to put Fortnite back on its app store. The full hearing for this overall case has already been scheduled for September 28th, but Epic is hoping to have Fortnite back in the hands of iOS players before then, at least until a verdict is reached. Since its removal, daily iOS Fortnite players have dropped by over 60%. I would Ooh. wait. I'm conf- How is it not more than that? How is it not a hundred percent? They're playing all their old content. I guess. I'm like, are you playing? But if it got removed, I don't understand. I don't understand. But yeah, sure. Like, we don't want to play the same content. I have no idea. I, you know, I don't know. I'm a, yeah, I'm not an iOS a, gamer, so I'm not a Fortnite teenager. Um, and then <laughs> true. And then just yesterday, which was the eighth. For us, Apple countersues, seeks damages from Fortnite publisher Epic Games in high-stakes legal dispute. This comes from USA Today. So Apple is seeking damages from Epic Games in the skirmish started last month by the publisher of popular online video game Fortnite. Epic Games move on August 13th, blah, 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 blah. We already got that. Oh, wait, hold on. This is just kind of like recapping some of the same stuff. Oh, here we go. Okay, round two, fight. So Epic Games move on August 13th to offer a direct payment option for Fortnite mobile players bypassing Apple's App Store. A function and Apple's cut of the revenue amounted to malicious and or fraudulent misconduct, Apple says in its filing, answering Epic Games suit. That breach of contract, Apple asserts in its filing, entitles the tech giant to punitive damages along with compensatory... Comp- how do you say compensatory? that word? Compensatory? 
Yeah. I was like, compensatory damages, <laughs> legal fees, and interest. The sought-after amount is not mentioned in the countersuit filed in U.S. District Court in California. Quote, Epic fired the first shot in this... Dis- okay, I get like, my rich person voice. My rich person voice. <clears throat> it's going to go British. Epic- Damn it. I don't, I don't know. It's going to sound kind of snobbish, like Alfredy. Epic fired the first shot in this dispute, and in its willful, brazen, and unlawful conduct cannot be left unchecked. This court should hold Epic to its contractual promises. Award Apple compensatory. Amazing. And punitive damages, and enjoin Epic from engaging in further unfair business practices. How'd I do? Uh, you nailed it. Thanks. Also, as of September 11th, Apple will no longer allow users to sign into Epic Games account using sign in with Apple. Uh, Simon, what's happening? Um, uh, America is happening and everyone is just <laughs> suing the pants off each other. I was just like laughing to myself a little bit because I'm like, this is the most America shit of all time. Oh, just I know. Companies fighting because they are bored. I don't <laughs> I yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm happy we're keeping up on it because I think, you know, hopefully something really cool come out of this that can benefit everyone. But at the same time, I kind of feel like you have these two, like, rich people, like, you know, puffing their chests out, like, fighting out this for the back of like, Look the at us, guys. Gauntlet Look at us. slap with the, with, the, with the glove. Just like, I challenge you to a duel. And now we will find out who has better lawyers, Epic or Apple. And that's, you know, that's an interesting thing to find out so i am curious about it i mostly just want this to all be over with because i think the verdict itself which way this goes will be really impactful to the industry mm-hmm. but as of right now it's kind of just like there's we're waiting we're in the we're in the holding pattern to figure out um we are just sitting here waiting also like the literal yeah. world is on fire let's say in multiple combat. ways yes so i, I kind of wish they would just take this behind closed doors but i understand you know it's a whole thing now the whole thing but it's i mean yeah it, like i said this does have very real implications depending yeah. on which way this goes either it's like no <laughs> sit down epic and therefore no one tries it again right like <laughs> we mm-hmm. done so um or if like if epic somehow wins this that is huge and i yeah. it has it can impact like so many different things and so many different platforms so it would be awesome. And so I guess we'll have to wait until September 28th. But in the meantime, it's kind of sounding like Apple's like, no, fuck you. We are not backing down at all. And who knows? We'll I love that Epic's the- like, wait, no, <laughs> wait, no, please. <laughs> we need our <laughs> iOS users back, please. And I'm like, you, I know. I'm sure you budgeted for the loss for a few weeks. I'm actually surprised that the date is that soon, honestly. I mean, I guess maybe the courts aren't as backed up right now as I thought they would be, but <laughs> I guess. Yeah, I don't know, man. And I guess if you want to keep up like up to date, you can always go on Tim Sweeney's Twitter account where every day is something new about oh, this. Tim. Uh, it's a thing. Okay. Uh, finally, we have one in case you missed it, and that is that the Outer Worlds latest DLC, Peril on Gorgon, is now available for fourteen ninety nine. That's good to know because I did not know that this was out. Yeah, it sounds like it's getting some pretty good reviews, and it sounds like someone, at least one person, finished it in eight hours. And there's just a big like main mission ish, and then a couple side missions you can do. It sounds like it doesn't introduce anything, you know, too crazy to the gameplay. But I think that's fine. That's perfect. Yeah, like, it's don't, just, it's if, just more if it ain't of. broke, don't fix it. Yeah, I really so I think enjoyed I like the to hop back in. I know it really was a little feel good game. Yeah, it so, was. Yeah, now you can get more of it. Nice. And that will do it, ladies and gentlemen, for the first segment of the Wesco Games podcast. We will be right back. 
we have some announcements. Stimer, hype me up. Ah, there it is, there it is. So we have our PAX West panel Monday. I almost said August, but that would be incorrect. It is September 14th at 11.45 a.m. Pacific. It's gonna be a good time. Also on Monday, I almost said August again, September 14th at 10.30 a.m. Andrea and I are having special guest Jennifer Hale on What's Good Games Live. So make sure you tune in, twitch.tv slash what's good games. It's gonna be a good time. I'm really excited to chat with her, uh, not as a fan for once, but like maybe as a, I'm definitely a fan, let's be real. I'm never gonna be on her level. And then finally on Thursday, September 17th at 3 p.m., we have our RTX panel. And Lights Off returns Monday, September 21st. Ooh. Ooh. Spooky. Welcome back to the What's Good Games podcast. This is segment two, where we talk about what we've been playing. But first, we need to give a shout out and a big thank you to our sponsors, Felix Gray and MeUndies. So, Simon, mm-hmm. let's talk about blue light. Okay? Okay. Are you, are, you, are you ready? Okay. So, here are some popular devices that are a major source of blue light. Phones, tablets, computers, TV, Kindles, and many other devices. These devices can make us prone to eye strain, especially watching bright screens, especially when you're watching bright screens in a dark room, or watching TV or working on a computer in a bed at night, or really any excessive amount of screen time can cause eye strain. That's not fun. You might be familiar with these common symptoms from spending too much time in front of screens. Headaches, blurry vision, dry, tired eyes, and trouble sleeping because exposure to blue light at night can lower the production of melatonin, the hormone that regulates sleep. So we want to tell you why Felix Grey is better than the others. Now, there are a lot of blue light glasses on the market, but they're not all created equal. Many blue light glasses don't filter enough blue light, Steimer, especially in the range that matters. Did you know that screens produce most blue light at a certain point in the spectrum, 455 nanometers, and that most clear blue light lenses only filter about 2 to 3% in that range? Well, Felix Grey uses a propriety filtery, filtering. Let me start that over. Well, Felix Grey uses a propriety, proprietary filtering technology to filter 15 times more blue light in the same range. Felix Grey glasses filters out 90% of blue light in the most damaging range and eliminates 99% of glare through a proprietary industry-leading lens technology only available with Felix Grey. So Felix Grey frames are hand-finished from durable, super lightweight Italian acetate. I think I said that right. You can order online and glasses ship directly to you with hard cases and lens cloth included. You can try them for 30 days risk-free. And if your screens aren't easier on the eyes, you can send them back for a full refund. I own, uh, I own three pair of these. I bought them myself. I've owned them for a few years now. Um, so I was, (laughs) I owned these before we had this ad read. Uh, and I, I've actually worn them on the show. So like the dark rimmed, like, horn-rimmed glasses that I have that are, like, small and round. Those are Felix Grays. Oh. Uh, yeah. Real cute in those. Yeah. Yes. So you can go to felixgrayglasses.com slash games for the absolute best quality blue light filtering glasses on the market. That's F-E-L-I-X-G-R-A-Y glasses.com slash games. Shipping and returns are totally free at Felix Gray. Felixgrayglasses.com slash games. We also have another sponsor, MeUndies. We saw one leaf fall on the ground yesterday, so that can only mean one thing. Fall is finally coming. As Steimer likes to call it, it's candy corn season. Mm -hmm. 
It's time to get your booties ready for the spookiest time of year with the softest undies to grace your bottom. So Me Undies knows exactly how to celebrate a season with the coolest prints and colors and the softest undies known to man. They want you to be comfortable to express yourself every day and in every way. Simer, you love your Me Undies. I love my Me Undies. They're soft. They're cozy. What's not to love? They really are. I mean, really, especially since we're not doing much of anything but lounging around. You know, we're business on top with the shirts, but like the bottoms, all pajama bottoms all day, every day. May as well mm-hmm. be comfortable. I still love my Star Wars ones. I wear them all the time. I probably need to get another pair of MeUndies pants because it's probably getting kind of gross at this point. That's all <laughs> I wear. <laughs> Whoops. So their undies grow on trees. No, seriously. They're made from irresistibly soft natural fibers sourced from beechwood trees. And you know what natural fibers mean? That's their micromodal. That means that their micromodal is not only super soft, but breathable, light, and impossibly cozy. That's some serious comfort. Everything MeUndies does is to help you feel truly comfortable from head to toe, from outside to in. So you'll never run out of undies with the MeUndies membership, a subscription that sends new pairs right to your door, plus get site-wide, stav- site-wide savings and exclusive sales, and keep those eyes peeled for those spooky, cool Halloween prints. So MeUndies has a great offer for our listeners. For any first-time purchasers, you get 15% off and free shipping. This is a no-brainer, especially because they have a 100% satisfaction guarantee. To get your 15% off your first order, free shipping, and a 100% satisfaction guarantee, go to MeUndies.com WGG. That's MeUndies.com WGG. I've been playing Immortals Phoenix Rising, but... I would like to talk to you about Marvel's Avengers first, Simer. Okay, yeah. Let's uh, dive into okay. Avengerland. Let's dive it. So I've also finished the campaign, and you finished the campaign, and yes. now are you kind of doing just the fun multiplayer missions for shits and giggles? Yeah, I'm I'm uh, leveling Black Widow right now, so she's at uh, power level 100-something, low, low 100s, uh, and my level on her is, I think, 35? No, 38. Like, upper 30s. <laughs> I don't remember she's exactly beefy. where. Yeah, so my Black Widow is definitely my most flushed out hero at this point. Uh, my second one would be Hulk, who's only like a 45 power level. but And then below that, everyone else is like 10, 15. Like they're all really, really baby. So Black Widow is the one I've mostly stuck with because was well, actually kind of a stupid reason. But sometimes when you go on these multiplayer maps and missions, you'll run across a console that only she or Iron Man can open, can hack. And we'll get into a room to get gear or whatever. I hate playing Iron Man. I fucking oh, hate yeah. it. So Black Widow was the natural choice. And I do really enjoy playing as her. I think she feels really crisp and like fun. So I, I just kind of picked her to be my main. Also, I get to listen to Laura Bailey a lot. What's not to love? What's not to love about that? So you were maining Hulk for a while, weren't you? Or you like, yeah, I think, I think I'll, I think I'll have him level up next. Um, mm-hmm. Once I get Black Widow to a place where she's basically done um, for at least for now, because they need to make more content. <laughs> um, but and then I'll and then I'll level Hulk because Hulk is to me is just so delightful. Like he's just so funny, and I love doing his missions. I love completing missions with him. Uh, I just I just think he says very little, but what he says is very impactful. Like he's very oh, yeah. he's a very humorous character. Hulk smash. Yeah, so I, I'm i trying to think who my favorite is. I really like Hulk. I'm actually getting the hang of Mar- Captain Marvel. Not Captain Marvel. Miss Marvel. Miss Marvel. Miss Marvel. And um, Black Widow's also up there for me, too. I 
Iron Man, I don't like playing as Iron Man. Like, it's just, it's just not a thing. And by the time I got to Captain America, I was like, all right, it's cool. But, like, I haven't had enough time with him yet to really get, like, get his play style down. Yeah. Um, I really liked it. I liked the game a lot. Yeah. And I think, yeah, it's, I was kind of surprised because, you know, like I've said, I've never really been a big, like, superhero fan. But I will say, I am reading the comics now because I'm kind of hooked. Oh, wow. I know. Well, who am I? I don't even know anymore. I don't know. Uh, it's better than reading the news at night because the news is depressing. So Ain't read, that the truth. <laughs> read comics instead, friends. Um, so the interesting thing about this game is I think the set pieces are so well done in the main campaign. And don't worry, like, we're not going to spoil anything, obviously. But um, there are those moments where you have the big cinematic scenes and the action. And you're like, oh, I'm so invested and so good. And then it just fucking boner kills when it's like, all right, now we're going to go into... A, a generic map and there's a generic objective you have and I think that's the part that kind of just stuck me a little bit um there's parts of it that are so so damn good but then the gameplay sometimes just not the gameplay that's not fair I guess the level layout is more of like what kind of it can get me it can it. get tiresome for sure no I definitely agree with that I think I think the campaign in general overall was really a joy in the sunset it had a lot of heart, like I said on last week's show. Yeah. I, and now that I finished it, I can say that 100% sure. Because at the time, I'd only played like 35 to 40. Um, and, But I agree with you that there is a lot of the repetitive nature of the maps and of the enemy types can just oh, sometimes man. make you, you know, need a break for a little bit. But the story itself is what really pushed me along. I really was interested in that. Yeah, for sure. So we have a question from Mitch Crasson who says, How long of a tale does Avengers have? Yes, it has tons of cool new heroes coming, but so far it seems like the consensus on the multiplayer is that it is fine. Yeah, and I think it's... Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, no. I was say like, I I agree. So last night, um, Jason and I hopped into like five or six multiplayer missions, and each multiplayer mission was more or less labeled something different, whether it was one of the threat missions or an assault zone or whatever it was, but they all more or less play the same. It's, okay, we're going to drop you into a big map. There's going to be an objective you have to go to. You got to locate the site, and then you got to play King of the Hill, and then you got to stand on these other terminals, and then you got to kill the targets, and it's just over and over and over again. And I get that this game is early and it's a game as a service. So there's going to be hopefully some new innovative gameplay shticks thrown in there. But I can't help but think of a game like Destiny where I would do the same strikes over and over again. And I was having so much fun doing them. But these multiplayer missions, after a few, I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm tapped out for now. Yeah, I've, I've been playing. Obviously, I've been playing a lot because my Black Widow is, is fairly high at this point. I played yeah. a little with Greg. I've mostly been playing with Jackie, though, still. Um and I definitely will will turn out of this like at some point. So I think the tale will depend not on the new heroes. I actually don't know if it's wise for them to focus on new heroes right now. Um, instead of giving us new heroes, expand on the universe. Like I, you need to be building out new enemy types. You need to be building out new worlds. You need to be building out new maps. You need to be mm -hmm. building out new types of adventures, new types of missions. Um, or really refining the ones that you have and making them feel really good and really fun. Because what I'm what I am enjoying about it right now is not even necessarily I mean, obviously the game is part of it. I do enjoy the the fun feeling of like repelling to an enemy and kicking him in the face. It's pretty great. Um, but mostly what the draw is for me is a social aspect. It's mm -hmm. I get to hang out 
Jackie and I already hang out a lot, but you, know, you still get to hang out on comms with somebody. It was fun. I got to play with Greg and with Goldfarb the other day. Like it, that's more of what the draw is at this point for me because the campaign is done. And I am interested to see where they try to take this story because the campaign is really just a setup for the multiplayer and the world after and the game as a service after. So I do think that there's a lot of potential, but they need to start working on it. And I don't know. I don't know what they already have planned. I don't know when that stuff is coming out. But again, uh, I know like they already talked about Hawkeye is going to be Hawkeye and Kate Bishop are going to be their, their next two heroes. But I really don't think heroes are the problem here. The, the problem is not, I don't have cool people to play as the problem is mm -hmm. where am I going with them? That's cool. I am also curious to see the new social space that they talked about in um, with their war table that they released. And I think if they, they can definitely start to build these things out, it's just a matter of like how much time do they have before <laughs> the attention gets taken away and put onto something else. Uh, Andrea had asked me, she's like, does this feel like it's scratching the DCO itch for you? And I definitely, when I was playing with Greg, especially I was like, Oh yeah, this kind of reminds me of my, my time back then. But I do wish that they would maybe even, combo the powers a little bit more because right now I feel like what tends to happen is you only ever feel like it's a superhero beatdown if you all just smash an enemy into a corner and you all are just like hitting uh -huh. buttons uh, the support uh, what are they called specials I guess like the abilities you can do there are, each hero has a specific support one but I also do kind of wish that those felt even a little bit more like you could build off of one another. So like those are the systems. If I was that dev team, I would look at further um, to try and build more onto just so that when we're going into a mission together, we can be like, we're, there's a bit more strategy to it. Right. So you can be like, instead Oh, just running cool. In. Like yeah. instead of just running in and being like, Oh shit, we're dying. So like veil of shadows, <laughs> let's go. Like everyone's invisible. Let's run regroup <laughs> or whatever. Um, <laughs> So, I, I, again, I think that this game is really fun in a lot of ways, but I think it also misses the mark in a lot of ways. And that, to me, is why it's a kind of confusing one to talk about. It is. Because I'm like, I like it, but I also respect the fact that this is not going to be for everybody, that some people are going to hate this game and think it's crap. Like <laughs> but, um, but I do think that there's still something redeeming about it, uh, but I... I completely understand if you're like, not for me, or at least not now. Right. And I think I said mm -hmm. this last week too. This is maybe a game you'd want to wait on for like several months to see at least a few more war tables from the team at square or at, at Crystal rather, um, and see what their plans are for it and see if they start to deliver on those or not. And then see whether or not you want to like jump in and invest. Oh God. You just literally, you said all of that so well, Samer. So oh, good. I'm 100% on page with everything you said. Yeah, heroes definitely are not the issue here. I think it's, I, I mean, I think the campaign itself is very, very enjoyable. And so for that alone, I mean, I'm the kind of person who, if I get a great experience out of something, I have no problem paying $60 for an experience. I play pay that for a Call of Duty. So I would say, like, I'm happy. I Well, this was a review code. Review yes, copy. Thank you, Square. Square. Disclaim that. Whoops. Um, but Jason, for example, bought it, and he had a fantastic time with it. Although he did have some pretty nasty game-breaking bugs that uh, he used, that somehow worked themselves out, but it took a couple days. But yeah, like it's it's really fun, and like you said, it's that feel good, and I think it starts off really strong. I think the set pieces are really great. It's just those moments in between where you're kind of like, oh, okay, but then it picks back up again, and the multiplayer stuff 
isn't anything special to write home about right now. It is fun, like Summer said, that social aspect. But uh, yeah, I would, you know, if you don't think it sounds like it's for you, just wait. I think this game has a ton of potential. And I really got hooked. That's like I'm reading the comics now. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it'll be it'll definitely be an interesting thing because it could obviously it can go one or two ways, right? Yeah. So they could be a little bit too little, too late over at the dev team. It could kind of fade away a little bit, like Rip Anthem has. Like no oh. one is talking about that game. Um, uh, or it could kind of like it could rebound, and they could be like, actually, here's all this stuff, and it's coming out immediately or whatever. We'd be like, oh my god, yeah, there's a new. Anime top missions, and some new maps and some new things. Uh, yeah, right. Um, because I think the 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 I think the most one of the most disappointing moments for me was when I went to do a mission for a hero, and it was set in a woodsy area, and really had zero reason to be aim at this point. Like there was no reason aim needed to be the enemy here, and. For whatever reason, there it was like it was super shoehorned, and it was like, oh, they must be an AIM spinoff or whatever. And I was like, oh, why did, you, why did you even put this here if you weren't like ready? Just give it some more time. Release these yeah. missions later. They are not integral to the main campaign, no. and then build out a new enemy type for that. Yeah, I don't even read the lore anymore because it's the same thing. Like, when you do the multiplayer missions, there's always, like, a little blurb there. And there are, you know, hero-specific missions that you can play with other people. And they do have some fun little cutscenes and dialogue. But other than that, yeah, it's just pretty generic stuff. And it's just more about the gameplay. And hopefully we'll get some new shit added and yeah, my favorite some new life. My favorite multiplayer missions have been the hero-based ones. But, like I said, they had the opportunity in one of them to like take it to a new place and do something fun and different. And they just didn't do it uh, yeah. obviously for time and resources. But at the same time, I feel like not all these heroes even have missions like that. So I don't know why that was deemed necessary. I'm not sure. I wish they would have yeah. waited if they, yeah. and then just made some different looking dudes. Honestly, they could probably behave the same. Just give them a new coat of paint. That's all I'm asking for. <laughs> And not like a color palette. Because no. sometimes they're like, oh, the robots are blue now. And you're like, fucking Jesus. No. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. I sum it up. It does something so well. And other things are just like, man. But go in the proper expectations. And I think you'll have a good time. It's uh, It's been a fascinating roller coaster watching this game from when we first played it at PAX to the beta impressions, the game actually coming out. And now you're finally starting to see some actual reviews coming out of it. And Yeah. <sighs> Video yeah, games are hard, man. It's fun, but I definitely um, could see me also dropping it like a hot sack of potatoes. Like, as mm, soon as, potatoes. you know, other games... <laughs> potatoes, yeah. As soon as other games start to come out, oh, yeah. they are really going to need to keep up in order to make this something that I would want to continually go back to. Right now, it's kind of a lull for me, so... Um, mm-hmm. It's just kind of fun and dumb, and it's hitting, it's scratching that itch of, like, I don't really need to concentrate on it I can just kind of go in and run around and beat some stuff up, chat with Jackie. That's fine. Yeah. But obviously, like, I'm not always going to be, I'm going to sometimes want a little bit more than that. Oh, yeah, for sure. No, I, I'd see myself coming back to it eventually, too. Once you, maybe a new event happens or some new cool things, I'll hop back into it. But yeah, I think I'll burn out of it pretty soon, too. I need to get back to Wasteland 3 anyway. But it's, yeah, it's kind of like that fun, mindless brawler at this point. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Yeah. Oh, so tell me. Rainy about immortals phoenix immortals 
Phoenix Rising, formerly known as Gods and Monsters. So yeah. I got to play this last week, and I'm gonna. I took a bunch of notes. So I'm gonna try my damnedest to remember, you know, remember everything that I did and played. So we'll see how this goes. I still have a hard time remembering Immortals Phoenix Rising. That's because have, it's a very long name, and it's very it's strange. Kinda, it's a strange name. So yeah, so thank you, Ubisoft, for having me. I was going to say having me out, but I was right here. Having you at playing. your house. Having me at my house. It worked out great. So this is developed by Ubisoft Quebec, um, you know, AC Odyssey, AC Syndicate, and it's coming out December 3rd. Woo! Fanfare. Back before the holidays. Time for the holidays. So here's the synopsis of the game. So in Immortals Phoenix Rising, players will become Phoenix, a new winged demigod who's on a quest to save the Greek gods. Oh, that's why they named it Phoenix. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. <laughs> Phoenix will be able to wield the powers of gods like Achilles' sword and Daedalus' wings to fight enemies and solve puzzles. Iconic mythological beasts, including Cyclops and Medusa, will try to stop you on your journey, and you'll have to face them in combat both in the air and on the ground. Phoenix will also have access to self-guided arrows, telekinesis, and more, all of which will help her on her journey in a stylized open world across seven unique regions, each inspired by the gods." So I got to play for about two and a half hours, and the demo that I did play took place around the middle of the journey. And at first, they're like, okay, so you have this one mission that we want you to finish. It's like 35 minutes, and then after that, I had freedom just to go and see and do whatever I wanted to. So I got to explore for like an hour and a half or two hours, and it was great. So when I first started, uh, they just kind of dropped you off in the middle. The middle. I would say big and middle, and it came out as middle. <laughs> the middle. The middle of this big old map. So there are seven regions, and they just dropped me off in one of them. And obviously, that's where I was limited to during the demo. And I'll talk about this in specifics a little bit, but there were some elements of this game that were off limits. Like I couldn't access the abilities or like the skill tree or anything like that. But um, so the first thing I did is I looked around, and then if you click on the right stick, you can kind of like it goes into first person view, and then you can just kind of scan your horizon. You can do this from anywhere you want to. And the controller will vibrate as you get closer to points of interest. And so it's kind of like a little game of hot and cold. When it starts vibrating more, you're probably on the spot, and then it'll pop up. And it will mark your map. So whenever you feel like doing some exploring, just you can search around, mark some stuff on your map, and off you go. So that was pretty helpful. So some of the things I found from doing that little exploration tactic of searching on the map. I found guarded chests, which are locked chests until you defeat enemies. Okay, cool. Crafting materials, which are used for upgrades. So you don't get typical XP in this game when you fight your enemies. And for those of you actually, let me back up, wondering what kind of game is this? If you remember, when this was first unveiled, everyone thought it was Ubisoft's take on Breath of the Wild. It's kind of like, just picture that in your head and all this will kind of fall into place. Let's picture the map of that. <laughs> Yeah, picture like the gameplay, the map. I actually brought this up with my demo where and they're like, we're trying to stay away from that, but you can't help it. Uh, <laughs> can't. But like your weapons <laughs> do or don't break down? Do, I'm trying to remember. I don't think they do. Huzzah. Got yeah, a leg up. A leg up. Yeah, a leg up. I, or, yeah, I don't think they do. I think if anything, they might just need to be repaired maybe. I don't remember. I played too many games lately. It's all blending into one like open world game. Anyway, so like I said, there's no uh, typical XP in this game. So what you do is you collect crafting materials and you use that then to permanently upgrade your character. Now, this is one of the things I didn't have access to. So unfortunately, I really wasn't able to dabble around with it. So Ambrosia, 
things together, right? If you collect enough of that, you get health. You collect enough of Zeus's lightning, you can do that to upgrade. I'm not entirely sure because I didn't get to do it. Maybe attack power, maybe defense, who could say? And then I found that these things called myth challenge navigations, which are essentially timed locations throughout the map in the region where it's like you have to get from point A to point B in the air. But plot twist, there are lasers. So it's a sky obstacle course. Yeah, it's essentially a sky obstacle course. That one was. I'm sure the other ones might be more like land and air, who could say. And then you have constellation puzzles, which are fun little sphere puzzles where you have these spheres and then you have these holes in the ground and you have to drop the spheres in a certain uh, pattern to mimic the pattern on the wall. You do that, you solve the puzzle, you get a reward. But it's a lot more intricate than that since there are more puzzles within that puzzle in itself. But it's a fun time. A puzzle within and a puzzle, you said. Puzzle within a puzzle, yeah. So you have to get the spheres, drop them into a thing, which unlocks more spheres, but then you have to figure out how to like get them to you. It's a whole thing. But it was fun. I, I messed around with one for a little bit, but I found out that this was going to be a brain scratcher, and I was like, okay, I don't want to spend my whole demo trying to figure out this puzzle. I don't puzzle, want to so. scratch my brain. That sounds <laughs> uncomfortable. Ooh, that would really fucking hurt. <laughs> that would not be good. Don't do that, kids. Um, the other interesting yeah, parts, the other interesting things I found were vaults. So I'm going to keep going back to Breath of the Wild, but think of these as shrines in Breath of the Wild. So essentially they are, they look like little mini volcano things coming out of the ground and you hop into them and there are 60 unique vaults total in the game. And when you hop inside of them, there's different ones. So you can have different challenges, for example. So I found a challenge where it was like, just fight bitches, like just fight. And if you win... <laughs> You get a prize. I found other ones where I had to go platforming um, across like these spiky platforms. It kind of reminded me of a really like hard Mario puzzle because you have all these spikes coming up and you have to time it correctly. Then you have fireballs being spat at you and you'd have to fight enemies and solve little mini puzzles as well. And you get Zeus's lightning at the end of these. And um, for, both, for the most part, you should be able to do all of them. It's not like you're going to need to find better weapons or armor to... Uh, or new skills to complete these. But someone did say that you might have to come back. And I'm not sure if that was because you might be too weak. Mm. Or you might not have good enough armor. Because there are so many. Yeah. Who could say? But these also have a level from 1 to 3. Very much like a shrine from Breath of the Wild. But it's fine. It's not a bad thing that I'm comparing this game. But I feel like, you know, a lot of folks speak that language. Um, And then there was the combat I want to talk about also. So you have a health bar and you have a stamina bar and it works as, you know, you would expect. Enemies also have a health bar, but they also have more of a stagger bar instead of a stamina bar. So your right trigger is your axe. Your right button bumper is sword. You have a dodge. You have a bow you can use. Aim assist is coming. Thank God. And they have this really fun thing called Apollo's arrow. So if you're holding LT and you shoot and you hold down RB, you can actually guide the arrow. Like where you want it like, to go. So you shoot it first and then you become and then you the turn arrow, into, basically. Yeah, you become the arrow. It's like a first-person arrow perspective. So there is this like really mean bird thing trying to kill me. And so I hid behind a rock and then I shot my arrow out and then I was able to like loop it around. So I was safe, but I was able to, to get like the evil bird thing. Nice. So that was fun. Yeah, it was fun. There's a parry and then you have these fun godly powers. Um, you have one power that lets you essentially like teleport boulders to you <laughs> i don't know how that works but you boulder, can you come can, hither come hither boulders i am your boulder god and yeah so then you can lift the boulders you can throw them as need be you have athena's wrath which allows you to kind of fly up in the air amid spikes and defeat enemies hmm. you have an epic hammer which i can't no i can't remember what it's called but it does a lot of aoe and it's really beefy damage and so there's just a lot of different skills and different ways you could play if you wanted to and the combat was very very fun felt very responsive and 
I actually had a good time doing that. I a few times try to run away because generally like combat isn't like my biggest draw. If I can avoid it, especially if I'm not getting XP for it, I will. Cause I'm like, oh, what's the point? But you do get like jewels and whatnot that you can use to upgrade. I believe it's your armor and weapons later on. But what I was getting at is I actually found the combat so satisfying that I just went around and beat things up. I was like, hey, hey look at me. I'm so epic. You're like, I will I fire right. you missile arrow. I did. It was awesome. Um, some other little tidbits of info you can upgrade. So you don't have, um, I guess, healing powers is what you would call it. What you do is you have potions that are always mapped to your D-pad. So your health is on there, your stamina, your defense, and an attack potion is always there. And you can cycle through those. And whenever you run low, you can find a cauldron, which are located throughout the maps as well. And you can go there and upgrade the amount of potions you have. You're going to be collecting resources as you're playing the game. You can use those to create more potions. So it's just kind of like a fun little a little tidbit. So you're not going to be able to cast any healing magic. I mean, maybe you will eventually. But like I wasn't able to. I had to use potions. Old-fashioned uh, way. Yeah. Yeah, the old-fashioned way. And then this was kind of fun. There was a lot of... I found a lot of items in uh, armor and weapons. And on in the inventory screen, you have 16 slots total for all of your swords. There's axes, bows. You can customize your wings, your helmet, your armor. You can have mounts, which is kind of fun. Nice. Yeah. And so there's I found a bunch of different weapons during my short little play th- playthrough. And I would find them maybe if I solved one of those puzzles I was talking about earlier or maybe I found like a big bad dude, which are called world enemies, and I happened to find one and I took him on and I happened to beat him. Then I got a really, really cool epic bow. And each weapon has different kind of perks to it. So it could be like, you know, if your defense if your health is this full, you get this perk, or if your combo meter is this high, you'll get this perk. And I mean, overall, like it's so hard in a game like this because I can tell there's a lot to it. And my overall takeaway from it though is like I think it's going to be really good. I think there's, from what I saw, a lot of potential. I think the writing was really humorous. I'm not exactly sure why Zeus was talking to me the whole time, but he was. There was like Zeus and another god. Zeus talks to everybody. Yeah, but the way he has him portrayed is so funny. Like he's like, this kind of seems like he's a drunk partier god. I don't Uh, know. Have you not read about (laughs) Zeus? No, How much do you know about Greek, myth- Greek mythology? Obviously not not enough. Okay. So is that like, is that him? I mean, like Zeus his- went around and banged pretty much everything. Okay. Well, that would make sense then. Yeah. That would make a lot of sense. But no, he was really funny and the writing was really witty. And yeah, like I think this just has a lot of potential. I just spent the last two hours of my demo just running around and exploring and seeing what I could get into, what shenanigans I could find. Um, and I had a good time doing it. It just seems really relaxing, really cute, lighthearted. I think it's going to be a really feel-good game. So I keep going back to Breath of the Wild. Like I'm I like, said, will I, it if it's based in Greek mythology? I think it will, though, because it kind of. I think it's like a lighthearted it's like, it's take a happy, on it. It's a happy Greek mythology. It's a happy Greek mythology. Okay. Yeah. Of um, yeah, like everything I got from it gave me the sense that this is going to be. I mean, obviously, there's probably some like probably dark moments or whatnot but more than anything it's not like you're god of war it's more like this is a really fun thing it's cute and you know should make you feel good yeah but who knows i only played a couple hours of it so that could all change uh, but no like because i'm just wandering around and finding puzzles and finding enemies and there's this one element called typhon's rage which after you do certain things in the world typhon will get really mad at you i guess he's another greek Greek person of sorts and the whole world around you will turn all dark and like uh, like vol- volcanoes will start erupting like 
meteors and boulders, not meteors, boulders will start fall, falling from the sky. Enemies get all mean. You get chased by a wraith. And it was kind of scary. But I defeated the wraith's ass, Simer. You'd have been very proud of me. I'm sure you did. I'm sure you shot that arrow and it was like... Yeah. But um, going again, going back to the Breath of the Wild reference, uh, I, so I was talking to my demoist, and I was like, yeah, it kind of reminds me of that. And they said, well, <laughs> you know, we're trying to stay away from that. And, like, I, I understand, but I would say that was a, it's a good thing. It's a good compliment. Um, I had a – it just felt for some reason like more of the streamlined experience that I would have wanted from Breath of the Wild in the sense that the vaults felt more – like they had more depth to them. Um they were more interesting. Granted, there's only 60. I know there's so many more in Breath of the Wild, so I get it, like, some point. Like, I don't know, you know. 60 sounds like enough to me. <laughs> I'm trying to think how many were in Breath of the Wild. It was a buttload of shrines. But, like, I get it. Like, obviously, different studios, different team sizes, the whole thing. 120, but, so double. Okay, so double, yeah. Um, and there's gliding. There's climbing with the stamina meter. You have the mounts that you get to tame as you're wandering around the world. You have that magnetic skill where you pick up boulders. And I obviously, I don't want to say they're the same thing because they're obviously not. But I would say, you know, if you enjoy Breath of the Wild, I think you'll really enjoy this. Or if Breath of the Wild even seemed like too big of a meat, too big of a piece to chew. I don't know what I'm trying to say there. I think you'll like this as well because it feels like a much more like compact, streamlined game. And I think that's a good thing. And so I think this game might do some things better than Breath of the Wild. But that's just my humble personal opinion. Because some of the things Breath of the Wild did, like you mentioned, Steimer, the breakable weapons and whatnot were pretty, pretty annoying. Yep. I just Googled Typhon. Was, oh, yeah. Like, what, what's the scoop of Typhon? Youngest son of Gaia and Tartarus. Um, he is described as a grizzly monster with 100 dragon's heads who was conquered oh. and cast into the underworld by Zeus. In well, other accounts, pleasant. he was confined to the land of the Arimi. And I don't know how to say this either. Uh <laughs> Silic Silicia, I don't know. Under Mount Etna and other volcanic regions where he was the cause of eruptions, hence the volcano thing. Uh Typhon was thus the personification of volcanic forces. Among his children by his wife were Cerberus, who's the three headed hound of hell, uh the multi headed Hydra and the Chimera. So he is daddy to all of those baddies. He was also he the father like a pleasant man. of dangerous winds, hence typhoons. Um and was later, wait, by later writers, he was identified with the Egyptian god Seth. There you go. Hmm. I really want to get into Greek mythology. It's fascinating. I took a Greek Clearly mythology course, but that was in high school, which was many moons ago. So uh, I'm oh, definitely pretty so rusty. Cool, yeah. Oh, I wish I would have been offered something like that. But no, I took ceramics. <laughs> I was I literally just thinking about trying to do, I mean, not anytime soon, but like, oh, it'd be nice to take a pottery class one day. It was actually really fun. I made an ocarina uh, because of, of ocarina of time, did. and my yeah, my teacher thought it was a bong. I don't think mm -hmm. I have it over here, but like I don't know legit. how well that would work as a bong. It's got a lot of holes. No, in it. no, and I was such like a naive little girl, and I was like, "What's a bong?" I'm like, I didn't even know what a fucking bong was. Exactly. And, uh, no, it's a flute. It's a dumb it's a flute. flute. It's an ocarina. Don't you know the hero of time wields it, and he defeats the evil king Ganondorf? Come on, Mister Freemantle, get with, get with the program. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Yes, so our Immortals Phoenix Rising. I think this game was it was fun. Obviously, I don't have I only got a couple hours with it, but what I did get with it showed a lot of promise, and I think it will be a fantastic uh, little holiday game. Not like we have anything else going on <laughs> in nope. the holidays. You know, it's not like there's console releases or anything. It's fine. Is that going next gen? It is. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. 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 
Cool, cool. I, I assume. Well, hold on. Hold on. I'm like, no, nice. I, th- I, th- I think you're right. But, you know, let's just check this all out ourselves because, you know, when you see so many games, they all blend into one game. Hey, friends, Britt here. So, Simon just asked me a question about the availability of Immortals Phoenix Rising on consoles, and I got my answer wrong. So, here I am editing the correct answer. So, this game is coming December 3rd, 2020 on Stadia, Nintendo Switch, PS4, Xbox One, PC, PS5, and Xbox Series X. Boom. So you've seen the trailer yeah, of it, how those. pretty it looks, the color yeah. palette of it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really excited for it. And I definitely will be playing it. So thanks again, Ubisoft, for that. And keep your eyes open, but not open too long because then they'll dry out and then you'll be sad and you'll have to get Phoenix, Felix Gray Felix glasses. Felix Gray's. I almost said Phoenix. I didn't say Phoenix. It's you did actually. say Phoenix. <laughs> I did. Oh, boy. Well, Simer, I think we have done the thing. I think we we've talked about video games. I think we've talked about all the news besides the Ubisoft stuff. But you know that? That just can't be helped. It's true. We do not have a time turner like Hermione does. Mm-hmm. Um, so, therefore, we got to do it this way. We do have to do it this way. But it has been a good hour and a half or so. So go team, rah, rah. And thank you all so much for listening to us talk about video games. It's kind of what we love to do. And we will see you on Monday for the WGG Live panel. And we'll see you on Monday for our interview with Jennifer Hale. And if you're like, wait, I'm listening to this after that happened. Well, all these things are going to occur on September 14th. So you know what? It could be completely irrelevant, everything I just said. But you you can probably look up an archive later and watch it. Absolutely. Thank you so much for listening and or watching if you're on youtube.com slash what's good games. And we will see you next week. Goodbye.